guys, what is going on? Good to hear from you. Well, not really hear from you because I'm the one talking. But welcome to another episode. Today is going to be a very awesome and powerful episode on depression. I want to give you guys my story of how I dealt with depression, where really it all started from the genesis of uh, how I was depressed and really how I'm dealing with it right now and how I continue to deal with it and really uh, work through it and just want to want you guys to to join me on this journey and story of of uh, depression and really how some practice I want to give you guys some practical ways and some spiritual ways to deal with it so stay tuned What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Advice That Is Good For Life. This is a podcast where me, your host, Odie, goes to pick up his wife, and I try to give life advice that hopefully it's good for life. So today I want to talk to you guys about depression. 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 What is depression? Well, to me, depression is kind of this gloom, almost like a black cloud that hovers over you during a given season. And it's really difficult to, to kind of track and well not really track but it's difficult to know when you're going to have an episode of depression and really depression is that so I gave you kind of an illustration sort of an illustration more of a picture than anything of what depression is which is a black cloud but really emotionally what it feels like is a sense the sense of like hopelessness that hopelessness, um, procrastination, not feeling like doing anything, just kind of giving it all up, just kind of sitting around and not wanting to do anything. That's really uh, depression for me. And what, from what I understand anyways, and I wanted to share my story on depression and kind of give a, a solution, uh, a few solutions really. Some practical advice as well as some spiritual advice. And so that's how we're going to start it. So my story goes as follows. And maybe you guys can relate, maybe you guys can't. But when I was a child... It's very difficult to kind of recollect a lot of memories from my childhood. Um, Obviously, zero zero to four years old, very fuzzy. Actually, not fuzzy at all. It's, I don't remember anything from when I was zero years, zero years old to four years old. When I turned four and onward, I remember a few things here and there not a whole lot though I don't know how um, 
how many of you can recall a lot of instances when you were a child, but for me it's a, very difficult to remember a lot of things. And uh, I, I've been thinking on this a lot, and I almost feel like it has to do with with things that I've experienced as a child that may have been uh, traumatic, that my brain kind of suppresses a lot of these things from my childhood that I, I don't remember. But then there's a lot of the other things that I do remember, but they kind of come and go, and I really, I really have to kind of sit down and not do anything to, to bring back uh, any memory, really, from when I was a child. But that being said, where I'm going with all this, and I don't know what's happening to my voice, all of a sudden my voice got really dry. <clears throat> so where I'm going with all this is that... I don't remember a whole lot, but I do remember as a child that I was happy and I was a very energetic child. I wasn't lazy. I was active. I was running around a lot, had a bunch of energy and um, loved to play kickball during recess and all that good stuff. Now, that all kind of that all changed a lot when I turned 9. So what happened to me when I turned 9 is is Perthes disease. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Perthes disease, Perthes disease is a disease where blood stops circulating through a certain part of your body. For me it was my hip. I didn't do too much research on this cuz it just happened to me and it was such a such a weird and and traumatic experience that I I just wanted to get through it and then never hear about it ever again. But so the blood stops circulating circulating through a certain part of your body. And for those of you who don't know what happens when that happens, uh, your bones starts to your your bones start to deteriorate or rot really for lack of a better term. So what ended up happening to me is blood stopped circulating in my left leg. And what ended up happening was my left hip bone started to rot. So a part of my hip bone was rotting. And I was in a lot of pain when I turned nine. And my parents took me to the doctors. Doctors ran some tests. Well, actually, they sent me to uh, a specialist in, uh, who specializes specializes in bone. I don't know exactly what they're called, what that doctor's called, but took me to one of those doctors. They ran tests, took some X-rays, and they diagnosed me with Perthes disease. Gave my parents some options of, okay, this is what you can do. You can go through this long, extensive um, procedure where your son will get operated on his hip. Uh, They'll take a piece of his hip bone out. They'll replace it with uh, artificial hip bone. And then uh, he'll be fine, pretty much. He'll be able to walk within half a year to a year, something like that. Or we can snip a part of his, I think, I think they said snip a part of my nerve that's in my spine 
where I can be paralyzed for the rest of my life. And thinking about that now, just I remember that moment when they were diagnosing me and uh, everything that there was, the doctor was saying and just seeing the expression on my parents' face and just the hurt and, and just the fear in their eyes and me being as old as I was, just getting to know the world a little bit better and this happens, it was just kind of weird and devastating at the same time, but I didn't know how to react to it. I didn't know how to cope with it at the moment and just thinking about it and all thinking about all this stuff brings up a lot of emotion because I haven't really thought about it too much you know I've thought about it here and there but I haven't taken the time like this to really explain it to an audience and so obviously my parents went with the the long extensive procedure because they didn't want me to be paralyzed for the rest of my life And so, by the grace of God, anyways, by the grace of God, we went with the procedure, um, long, painful procedure, took a hip bone out, I was in a cast, both of my legs were in a cast um, for a good six weeks, I think, almost two months, a little over two months. Uh, Maybe even longer, I think, I can't even remember, but, so what ended up happening, they put both of my legs in this cast and then they put like a bar in between my legs to keep my legs separated so that my hip bone would uh, pretty much get used to my new hip would get used to being in the position of a normal position of a hip bone the way a hip bone is supposed to be and um, so they did that for six weeks took the cast off and and then I went to physical therapy once my I was out of the 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 cast uh, went to my usual doctor's appointments and the doctor saw that my hip wasn't improving in the terms that they hit, he wanted which basically the, my hip wasn't staying into the its socket into the socket where your hip usually rests in and so obviously that wasn't a good sign because I was using crutches and my hip was in agony because it was out of it was out of the the joint pretty much it was um dislocated for like a a whole month i think or maybe even less it was dislocated for a, uh that long and then the doctor pretty much i went to the doctor one day and he told me you know what we're going to have to do another operation because this isn't working out and so what they ended up having to do so my hip would stay in place is pretty much break my my leg break the top of my leg and insert my hip so okay so the way your your hip a regular person's leg is it's straight right and then you have your hip which if you look at it you you ball up your fist and you hold it in front of you uh vertically that's a normal hip but what they ended up having to do now if you take the fist that you're making and you're doing a vertical and you're holding it vertical and you just bend it at the wrist so now instead of balling up your fist like um, vertically in front of you and you bend at the wrist your arm should look like an L an upside down L and that's what they ended up having to do with my hip is break it and insert it that way 
and then uh, drill screws on top of that so it can stay in place. And so I went through another painful procedure and they did that. My leg was in a cast again for another six weeks. So that's four months total, almost half a year. And after the six, the six weeks were up, boom, I was good to go. They got me out of the cast. Well, actually, they got me out of the cast. Or did they put the screws in after or before? I can't even remember. I think they put the screws in after. Or no, actually, sorry, the screws were already inside. So it was a, like a plate with screws that was inside of my leg. And uh, they took the cast off. I was good to go. I was on crutches. Everything looked great. Everything was working great. Uh, the only thing now was that my left leg was shorter than my right leg. And once I was uh, recovering, everything looked good. Um, I had an accident when I was walking on my crutches. My crutches gave out under me and I landed on my knee and I ended up shattering my knee, my left knee, because it, the, my bones were so weak from not being able to walk for almost half a year. And, um, and so I ended up having to, <sighs> had to end up having another surgery and they ended up putting more screws in my leg. Sorry. <clears throat> Ended up having to put more screws in my leg. So I was out of commission for... I was better in again for another six weeks. Actually, I think more this time. But uh, so they did that. And I think around this time... To make matters worse, when that happened, the nurse that was putting me under before uh, I got my knee operated on, the nurse that was working on me, putting anesthesia in me. So anesthesia is used to put you under, um, to make you go to sleep pretty much so you don't feel anything when you're getting operated on. Uh, she ended up putting too much anesthesia in my body and I pretty much overdosed. I don't even know if that's possible, but she did too much of a dosage of anesthesia and I almost um, I pretty much almost died because my lungs got filled up with with liquid from the anesthesia anesthesia yeah anesthesia and um, it was just a lot of now just thinking about it I'm glad I'm talking about this and it's crazy how things happen because I've been thinking a lot about this whole depression thing and thinking how I've dealt with depression more than likely because of this whole ordeal that I went through as a child. Um, so I went through all of that, uh, almost dying, breaking my leg, my knee, and going through all that ordeal, being bedridden pretty much for a whole year. And then I was done. You know, I was finally just done with everything after a year. No more mishaps. And I was finally able to get back on my feet, walk around with crutches, and um, took me probably like a, a good two year or a year, maybe year and a half, 
No, I think like a year to get off crutches before I was able to walk without assistance. And so by the time I was maybe 11 or 12, 11, no, that was like a whole year. So like 10 and a half years old, I was in sixth grade in crutches and then fifth grade, actually all through fifth grade, I was in crutches and half of sixth grade, I was in crutches and then I was finally able to get off of crutches. So by middle school, I was able to walk around and even run around. So that was great. But during all this time, you know, I was in a wheelchair. I was in crutches. I didn't go to school for almost two years. Um, you know, I got picked on and I got made fun of in elementary school. And so all of this, saying all this, giving you guys this story, this in-depth story of my horrible old ordeal, like these things, when you're kids, you don't, you may not realize it, but they have a huge effect on you when you, you grow older and you become an adult. And, um, you know, this is, this is my story of a huge traumatizing ordeal that I went through that took me to depression and now I'm here and so after all this being said this long long podcast probably the longest ever here's some practical things that can get you through depression one exactly what I'm talking about right now you know re revisit some something that was traumatic back back in your childhood even though you may not want to um You know, sometimes, like I mentioned, sometimes I don't even want to, but it's good to think back and just to to realize how far you've come, especially if you're at a point right now where you're crushing it. Not saying that I am, which I would like to think by the grace of God I am. Um, When you're crushing it and you're just doing better for yourself, it's good to just think back and just thank God for where you're at right now. So that's a practical thing to do if you know if you don't think you can do it on your own seek therapy is helpful i personally haven't sought uh sought therapy Uh, i actually i did sorry i i sought therapy but i didn't follow through through it for this particular reason which is my my second suggestion so the first practical is um you know revisiting some traumatizing things of your childhood working through it seeking therapy the other side of it which i i prefer and i highly suggest is the spiritual route which is you know seeking jesus and seeking refuge in jesus and in a church and uh, talking to other believers you know sharing your your experiences um as the bible says you know iron sharpens iron and so you search for other men or women and you let them know, hey, I'm going through something. I'm going through this stuff. And, you know, as a good brother or sister in Christ, you know, we're here to, to lift each other up and to help each other through difficult times and talking through it and, um, you know, exercising, eating healthy, praying, having a devotional time with God, with Jesus, reading the Bible uh, just staying busy and and all these good things on the spiritual th- side of things is a huge help when it comes to depression. And it's helped me a whole lot uh, throughout these years. And 
Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not easy to go through it, and it's not easy uh, to do it alone. That's why you need people to surround yourself with with people who are gonna hold you up, help you out during difficult times, and most importantly, though, a hundred percent rely on Jesus and have faith that he is with you at all times and he's getting you helping you through it and that he's got your back no matter what and so depression's a serious thing and uh you know take care of it as soon as possible if in any way shape or form you you have depression and you know I'm here for you you can get in touch with me um you know my emails on my profile uh shoot me a message give me a call, uh, whatever it may be. I'm here for you guys as well. So, um, yeah, that's my story. Thank you so much for, for sticking through with me and, uh, hope this was valuable. Just know, stay strong, keep, keep trucking through it and keep your eyes on Jesus and, um, you know, he'll help you through it.